naturally because we have sanitized this place from inside out, but we also know we have the covering of God, amen, and this hedge of protection. And so I'm just glad we're having church. I know there's many churches who were not allowed to have church today, unfortunately. The government, um, governors told them that they told them they couldn't. But uh, thank you, Jesus, Arizona. We have no fatalities of that dumb coronavirus. So... Anyway, I just felt as your pastor, it's so important that we eliminate the spirit of fear that the enemy is really trying to hit the earth with. I think there's many reasons why the enemy is coming with this attack, and I believe mostly it's a kingdom purpose. And, I mean, just look at churches are shutting their doors today. If that isn't an attack from the enemy, I don't know what else is. Amen. And all I kept thinking about is the Old Testament days when uh, God's people were challenged to not bow down to Pharaoh. And that, I think the church in these, in these end times are going to have to take a bold stance in who we are as the church, that we are the kingdom of Christ here on earth, amen. And so tonight, today we're going to end in prayer. We're going to come together in corporate prayer. But the Lord really put it in my heart to teach you this morning, going back to the Old Testament on the Passover lamb. And we have many new believers here today uh, or in our church that may have never understood the story of the Passover in the Old Testament days. And the Lord really wanted me to bring you a breakdown of the message of the blood of Jesus. Because when you have a revelation of the protection of the blood of Christ, you don't let fear grab your heart. Amen. You don't let the overwhelming of things of the world get into our hearts as believers. And the church has been set apart. Amen. We have the gospel of Jesus Christ that we can live to a different hope. We can live by a different standard. And it doesn't matter what the world thinks about our faith. When you know the blood of Jesus and you know the power of that blood that was shed, not just for the forgiveness of our sins, thank you, Jesus, we're going to go to heaven and spend eternity, but I mean the real power of that blood that was established from Genesis to Revelations. The word of God has the thread of the blood of the cross through it. And so I want to go back, and I'm going to try to stay in teacher mode today, because some of you who may know this, it's going to reignite your faith, I believe, and bring us back to the principle of the word of God. And for some of you who have maybe never heard this revelation or this teaching, before. It'll bring life. I grew up on this kind of teaching. I grew up on the blood of Jesus Christ and, and, this, and his power. And so I just want you as the church to have a wisdom. And um, as I was studying this, I don't want to have no, done, no dumb sheep. Amen. <laughs> we don't want any dumb sheep in our churches. We want sheep who know the word of God, who have the answer, right? We are the problem solvers in the world. We are not the problem makers. We don't execute more anxiety. We bring peace because of the message of the blood. Amen. So we're going to go through um, Exodus today, way back of the children of Israel. And when the first Passover took place, when you first see the redemption of the cross before the cross, it's the greatest story of redemption before the cross even came to play. And in this part of the story, the children of Israel had already faced in Egypt they have been held in captivity, listen, for 430 years. 430 years they were living in Egypt as, as, uh, in slavery, and they had forgotten who they were. But God came with the redemption story even before the cross to show the example. And something you have to understand about the Old Testament is the Old Testament is the outward working of the inward working of Christ in the New Testament. So everything we study in the old is not how we live today, but it's how we live in the spirit today. It's how we take things from the natural into the supernatural part of our life. So you have to understand that when you're studying the Old Testament that we don't have to literally do what the Old Testament says because of Jesus, but we have to understand the symbolism that we live under because of the word of God, amen? 
So in this part of the story, they're coming to the last plague that God had brought upon Egypt to destroy the enemy. And the last one was the death spirit. And the death spirit was, was called to come and kill the firstborn child of, of every family, of, of every household in Egypt. And these are where the children of God, uh, of Israel, are living in Egypt. And they're called by God, right? They've been anointed by God. They know the word of God, yet they're living in a secular world of bondage. So let's uh, start this morning in Exodus 12. And I'm going to take down verse by verse. And so I really encourage you to take notes today um, and allow this truth just to just resonate in your heart. So Exodus 12 says this, now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt saying, now God is giving a way of escape, right? God will always, listen, protect his children. He's always looking out for his kids. No matter what destruction comes on earth, we do not have to be afraid of it because God will protect his kids. If we're listening, right, and if we understand the voice of God. So God comes to Moses and Aaron, who were the leaders of the, of the Israelites. He said, this month shall be your beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Now let's stop right there because when you come into Christ, he's saying, the old calendar that you used to live by, I'm giving you a new calendar to live by. I'm giving you a new covenant. Who you are as the children of Israel starts right now. So when you come into Jesus, this is the symbolism here, when you come into Jesus, you're living a new calendar life. You're living your new beginning. That's why we can say your sin is as far as the east is from the west because when you come into Jesus, you have a brand new day. Thank you, God. You have a brand new beginning. You're not identified by the old, but you are reaching out for the new in Jesus Christ. Can somebody say amen? Amen. amen. He had a redemption. He's saying today, as I bring you through this place of victory, it's going to be the story of redemption from slavery. Thank you, Jesus. So the rest of that verse goes on to say, speak to all the congregation of Israel saying, on the 10th day of this month, every man shall take for himself a lamb according to the house of his father, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of the persons. According to each man's need, you shall make your count the lamb. Now, if you were reading this in the natural and you're just kind of reading through the Bible, would, you'd be like, this is crazy. What is God talking about, right? But if you really study it out and what it means is he said, on the 10th day of this month, I need you to take a lamb into your family, right? And he says, but I don't want you to think just about your household. He said, I want you to be considered of the household that's around you. This is the part of the scripture where the good news of Jesus came when he went back and when he went into heaven and he said, go and tell the good news. See, the gospel of Jesus was not meant just for our household. It's not just meant for us to have this good news. It's not meant for us just to have this truth and live in our little bitty houses of safety. He's saying, no, I need you to be mindful of the others around you. It's not a time to be selfish, amen. When you have the good news of the gospel, you're to be mindful of that lamb to share with other people. And what's interesting about this is that he said, bring the lamb in on the 10th day. But he gave them a command. He said, but on the 14th day, you're going you're gonna to sacrifice that lamb. And if you study that out, that lamb, and if anybody, you know, has been on a farm, I know our sweet family back there lives kind of on a farm. You guys don't have lambs yet. But anyway, they brought that sheep into that family. That sheep became a, uh, uh, a part of the household. 
that sheep became something that they endured and they loved. And God meant it that way. And obviously the lamb represents Jesus, right? The perfect lamb. And that lamb came into that home and became a part of that family. There was, there was a cherished moment that they celebrated with that lamb. It became like a pet. But God said, that thing that you cherish, I'm also going to have you kill it because I need you to mourn it. See, when Jesus comes into our life, right, and we get that resurrection, we know the goodness of God, it's not just the goodness of God, it's the goodness that leads us to repentance. See, that's the salvation experience that when Jesus comes in our life, there has to be a mourning of our sins. There has to be a sacrifice on inside of our heart that the life I was living, I no longer want to live that life anymore because of the sacrifice that was made for my life, Amen. So he said, take that lamb in. And he also said, I want you to, um, let's keep going. Your lamb, keep going with that verse, shall be without blemish, right, showing Jesus, a male of the first year. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. Now you shall keep it until the 14th day of the month, so four days. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight. So you've got this lamb, this perfect lamb that has been brought into the family. He said, keep that lamb with you for four days. That is symbolic of Jesus. He went on the cross. He was crucified day one. And how many days later did he resurrect? Three days later. He was crucified three days later. So can you see at this Passover that God is setting up before the cross, he was showing redemption at the very beginning. He was showing the death, the burial, and the resurrection of his son. See, God already had the answer before any problem ever existed. And that's what you have to understand as believers. Yeah, we're living in modern time. God has the answer for coronavirus. God has the answer for cancer. God has the answer for your children. We are under the new covenant of Jesus Christ, amen? He already has the way of escape. And that's why us as believers, we live in a new covenant. We don't live like the world lives. Thank you, Jesus, amen? So God wanted them to feel the sacrifice of something precious so that it could mean something to them in the end. Amen. So four days later, right, they, or they uh, made this sacrificial lamb, and he said, I need you to take that lamb that is without spot and without blemish. Now, there's two things here that show in this scripture that the lamb obviously is Jesus, right? He came without spot. He was guiltless, right? He was all God, all man, but he was a man with no sin, right? But also in the end times, what does God say he's coming back for? His bride, without spot and without blemish. So can you see how important the purification of the church, the purification of our lifestyle, and that's why when we preach the gospel of, of living a righteous lifestyle, having the conviction of Christ, allowing that conviction of God to purify who we are, why the enemy attacks that in the church today? The enemy makes churches feel like, oh, we can do anything, we can say anything, we're under the grace of God. Well, I'll show you in just a minute that the grace of God actually is in through repentance. And there's an obedience that needs to be attached for grace to be applied in our lives. And the church of God has really gotten it backwards, hasn't it? All right, so he said, take from the sheep or the goat. He said, I'm coming back for my church without spot or blemish. God is calling his church to be purified. God is calling his church to look different. God is calling his church to sound different, amen? We don't have to sound like the world. We don't have to wring our hands. We don't have to run to the grocery store and steal off all the shelves, you know? 
We can use common sense. Obviously, there's some things we need to do in the natural, but we don't walk in fear. We walk under the covenant of the grace and the covering of Jesus Christ. Amen. So here's the instruction that he gave them after that. Now, remember, these are just the instructions coming to Moses and Aaron. And God said in verse 7, And they shall take some of the blood and put it on two doorposts and on the lintel of the house where they eat it. Then they shall eat the flesh on that night. Some instructions here, and we're going to break it down. They shall eat the flesh on that night, roasted in fire with unleavened bread, and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. Do not eat it raw, nor, boil, nor boiled it at all with water, but roast it in the fire. Its head and with its legs and its entrails, you shall let none of it remain until morning, and what remains of it until morning shall be burned with fire. And thus you shall say, now listen, this is important instructions, and thus you shall eat it with what? A belt on your waist, right? As you eat it, you're going to have a belt on your waist, sandals on your feet, and a staff in your hand. So you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. Now, let me break that down for you so you can understand it better as he's giving these instructions. He says, I want you to take the blood... And put it on the doorpost and the lintels of the house. I'm going to go ahead and have Kyle. Go ahead and bring that up as I'm talking. I want you to take blood and put it on the doorpost of your house. And I have this little bitty door here that I don't even think I can fit in. I imagined the door to be much larger when I made this uh, illustration in my mind. But he's saying, I want you to take the blood of that lamb... And you're going to put it on the lintel of your door. Now, I'm going to fast forward this a little bit, but um, Moses goes on later to tell them when the animal is sacrificed, you're to burn it in the fire. Everybody say fire. Because the fire is is the symbolism of the judgment of Christ, the judgment of sin that was put on Jesus. So when the sin, when the blood was sacrificed, it was only to go through the fire because judgment has to come. And that's what the cross resembles. And he said, the first thing that you do before you eat, you're to drain the blood, and the blood belongs to God. See, the most important part of the sacrifice was not what was going to be eaten, but was going to be given back to God. And the blood of that animal was put in a bowl at the doorpost of that home, and they would take the hyssop branch. And this was the instruction of Moses. And they would dip in the blood, right, of the bowl, and they would take the hyssop and they would put it here, and they would put it here, and they would put it here. And as that blood would begin to uh, drain down, it would form the symbolism of the cross. Because he's saying everything that's in this house, everything that's under here is now protected under my blood. I'm going to come for protection of the death spirit of the firstborn only by my blood. And what you're going to eat is going to be my word. We'll talk about that in a minute. That's going to be important. But what's going to protect you is going to be the blood of the non-blemished lamb of God. See, our covenant as believers, we have the word of God and we have all those things. But our protection comes because of the blood of Jesus that we live in and we abide in every day. You have to see the house of your house protected by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? So he says, as it's burnt with the fire, which, which is symbolic of the judgment of Christ on, on the cross, he said it also needs to be done with bitter herbs. Right? And if you remember, on the cross of Jesus, the last thing that they did is they took that bitter wine and if you study it out, the, the bitter wine was attached with a sponge and it was attached to the hyssop. 
And that hyssop with the bitter wine, right, the bitter herbs of the lamb, it had to be a part of it. See the symbolic right to the cross. And they took this and they tried to feed it to Jesus, to drink of the bitter wine. But if you study out what a hyssop means, hyssop is symbolic of healing, of, rest, of, of uh, rejuvenation, of redemption. This is an herb that you could eat that could bring healing. It brought healing to bitter, bitter waters. So he's saying that in the blood, because I told you to use the hyssop, is symbolic of healing. It's symbolic of redemption. It's symbolic of forgiveness of my sins. It's symbolic of cancer is healed. My, my children are serving God. Right? I'm blessed and highly favored. It all is symbolic from the word of God. The blood of Jesus is more powerful than just the forgiveness of our sins. That's awesome. But that's that one day. We don't think about that day, do we? None of us want to die, really. But what I need is to know that blood is working for me every day of my life. That blood that was given to God is working in my healing, in my marriage, in every area. It is not a someday I get the blood. No, I'm walking with the blood blood of Jesus every step that I take, amen? So when you're praying for your family, you see your family protected under this blood covenant, right? And then he said, everybody, I'm not going to fit in this door, he said, get in, get in your house. He said, get in it. Why? Because when the death spirit comes, it's not going to recognize you, it's going to recognize my blood. So whenever some virus or disease comes across this land, we are not subjected to it. I am in covenant with the blood of the Lamb, amen? I have the covering and the healing and the redemption of Jesus Christ in my life as a believer. Isn't that so good? Tell me God isn't cool. <laughs> Let me shut the door. Start pretend family's in there. Right? So now you can see how the word is already working. The greatest redemption story before the cross, God always has a way, doesn't he? But he said, let's go back. He said, um, I want you to uh, have your belt on. I want you, when you're, when you're eating this and you're consuming this lamb, after the blood has been done, I need you and your family to consume it, but have your belt on. And that means that he symbolic, he wants you to take this truth. See, there was no guarantee. They didn't know that the death spirit really wasn't going to pass them by. All they were doing was obeying the assignment of Moses and Aaron that said, here's the truth. But he gave them free will to obey or not to obey, right? So he's saying, take that belt on because you need the belt of truth for what I'm sharing with you. Why? Because my truth is connected to my faith. And where you're going to go, I'm going to cause you to eat the meat. I'm going to cause you to eat this truth. But you better take that truth with you because it's going to take faith to walk it out. I don't know how many Israelites were wringing their hands at midnight wondering if that death spirit was really going to protect them or not, right? Whether that blood and everything that didn't make sense in the natural wasn't really going to work. And something if, if you study out is that some of the Israelites, even though they believed the blood of the lamb, they grew up on this story, many of the Israelites didn't perform what God told them to do. And they died, their firstborn was killed in the, when the death spirit came by. See, believing in your here is not enough. It's having the revelation that I have faith that what God said is true in my life. Amen. And some of the Egyptians, if you studied out, they knew that their God was, that the Israelites' God was greater than the Egyptian gods. And some of them heard of this Passover lamb and they said, we're going to do it. And some of the Egyptians obeyed the Passover and guess what? They were saved from, from being killed. And the Bible records that many Egyptians traveled with the Israelites out of, e out of Egypt. 
It even records that many foreigners traveled out of Egypt. Why? Because they believed the God of Elijah, Jacob, all of them, right? They believed God and they believed the covenant. See, we have to believe the covenant. And I'm going to take that belt of truth with me. I don't care what it looks like. Media can get worse. Media can get crazy. I don't care because I've got my truth and I'm going to walk it out. Amen. And then he said, I need you to have your sandals on. That means get ready to go. Because what happened was... Is a Pharaoh got upset because all the Egyptian sons were being killed. There was a great mourning in the land. Every household, a son died because they didn't believe. And so Pharaoh said, let's go get Moses and his crew. And so what did they have to do? They had to have their sandals on, and they had to take off in the middle of the night to do what God's called them to do. See, when God wants you ready in faith, when you are prepared, you've got your shoes that are going to take that walk of faith. I'm not trying to get my faith when corona comes, coronavirus or whatever it is. I already have my walk shoes on. I've got my shoes of peace that's going to take me right through this storm. Amen. I'm not trying to get it all together now. No, I've been preparing. I've got the word of truth. I've got my feet of peace and I can walk right out knowing that God is by my side. Amen. And then he said, have your staff in hand. He said, have your belt, have your shoes, and have your staff. And that staff meant the word of God. You're going to go off, and no matter what it looks like, you're going to have the word of God that is your truth. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. You have to walk out by faith the word of God. Thank you, Jesus. All right, Exodus 12, verses 12 through 13, was the protection of the blood. And this is what happened. For I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night, and I will strike all the firstborns in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, against all the gods of Egypt. I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. So whatever is coming on this earth, we are not afraid of it. God will execute judgment, and he will save his children. Amen. Why? Because he is the Lord. We serve a living, powerful God that we don't bow our knee to the world system. Amen. Now the blood shall be assigned for you on the houses where you are, and I will see the blood, and I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Thank you, Jesus. No plague shall come nigh our dwelling. That's how we stand strong in the word of God. Amen? The blood of the lamb. Listen, the blood of the lamb is required. It's essential. God says, I require the blood. There's no other way to be passed over but by the blood of the lamb. Amen. You should be speaking the blood of Jesus over your home, over your mind, over your children, over your life, over your travels. We have the powerful living blood of Jesus Christ in our lives. Amen. It wasn't enough to believe in the power. It was enough to, they had to have the faith to execute what God told them to do. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. He said, I'm going to strike the firstborns, which represented the favor and the privilege of the world. God says, I'm going to destroy the workings of the world, and I'm going to raise up my kids, and I'm going to bring them glory. Amen. Exodus 12, verses 14 through 20 says this. This is such a powerful thing, and I want you to really get this in your heart. It was the institution of the Passover of the unleavened bread of feast. And it says this, so this day shall be a memorial, and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. You shall keep it as a feast by an everlasting ordinance. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. Everybody say unleavened. Unleavened bread. On the first day you shall remove leaven from your house, for wherever 
Whoever eats leavened bread from the first day until the seventh day, that person shall be cut off from Israel. Now, what does unleavened represent? It represents sin. See, we come to the cross, right? We have the blood of Jesus, and we're covered by the blood of Jesus. But he's telling the children of Israel, I'm requiring a little bit more from you than just my blood. I'm requiring now the purification of sin to be removed from your life. And that's why, as a church, we talk not being sin conscious, but talking about we don't want that unleavened in our life. The Bible says that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. And yet the church of Christ, not all of them, but I'm just talking corporately the church, is afraid to talk about sin when God's established from the foundation. I've given you my blood, but I'm causing the unleavened to come out of your life. It's a requirement. Why? Because the blood of Jesus cost a lot. It cost everything. This is not just some Easter story. It was the sacrifice of Jesus, the Son of God, and that blood costs everything. Amen? He said, and on the first day there shall be a holy convocation. Bring an assembly together. And on the seventh day there shall be a holy convocation for you. No manner of work shall be done on them. Listen, we are not saved by our works. He's saying those days that you're eating the unleavened bread, these days that you're going to walk off and trust me, it's not about working out your salvation, right? It's about the forgiveness and the redemption of Christ. We are saved by grace, amen? By that which everyone must eat, not only uh, may be prepared for you, so you shall observe the feast of the unleavened bread. Listen, from, for on this same day I will have brought your armies out of the land of Egypt. Therefore, you shall observe this day throughout your generations uh, as an everlasting ordinance. So what does that mean? This story that happened 2,000 years ago, he said, I'm going to share this unleavened bread with you, right? And now this is the Passover. is going to be the same story that we share today, which is the receiving of the bread and the communion and the wine. This is symbolic, the bread that was broken. This is the Passover lamb and the blood, the sacrifice. That's why he's saying in, in the New Testament in Luke, he says, do this in remembrance of me. As you're receiving communion at church or in your homes, you're remembering the blood covenant. You're remembering the protection over your household. You're remembering the forgiveness of your sin. You're remembering that the death spirit and all the destruction of the world will pass you by because of the blood of the lamb. He said, this is going to be something that you'll remember from generations to generation to generations. And look at in 2020, we are remembering the blood and the body of Jesus Christ. God's word is true, isn't it? It's living and it's so powerful. Thank you, Jesus. And then he said, on the seventh day, you shall not eat leavened bread. And on the seventh day, you can. And what does that mean? What does seventh mean? It means completeness. Once God has brought us into his relationship, right, once God has brought us into that covenant and cleaned our house of all the things that he wants to clean us, he brings us into a completion with Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. For no leaven shall be found in your household. Leaven was a picture of sin and corruption. Thank you, Jesus. God is calling us to walk in purity and in righteousness and to clean our hearts out. Amen. So in Exodus 12, we, I got a little ahead of myself. We talked about that. Um, we don't have to read that part of the story again. He told them to take the, the hyssop branch. But something I want you to see here where the grace of God is applied is Moses and Aaron were given the instruction by God. And then Moses and Aaron took it to the million Israelites. It was their place to respond to the voice of the Lord. 
And that's why as a pastor, I can share with you truth and I can share with you what God is saying and I can share with you with so much conviction the word of God, but you have to uh, find the truth of God yourself. And by you hearing the message, right, is the grace of God so that you'll respond in obedience. And we think the grace of God gives us permission to stay in our bad behavior. And the grace of God is saying, I'm giving you a moment for repentance because it's going to require your obedience to activate the forgiveness of God in your life. Amen? And it's an easy grace to hang on to, but nonetheless, he required the children to walk in obedience, the children of Israel to walk in obedience. And the first thing that they did is they um, began to worship God. When they got the word of God, when they heard that God was going to redeem them, God was going to save them from this death spirit and finally take them out of slavery, the first thing they did was worship God. Wednesday night I did a whole teaching on the power of our worship and how it can change and work the miracles of God in our life. This is the time where the church should be worshiping God. This is a time we should be celebrating and giving thanks unto God for he is a miracle working God in our life. Amen. We, listen, prayer will not... Um, uh, pr it wasn't prayer that brought salvation. It wasn't fasting that brought salvation. It wasn't good works that brought salvation. It was the blood of the lamb that brought salvation. It required a living sacrifice for the redemption of our sins. Amen. And God says that it will go on forever and ever and ever. Amen. If you believe in Jesus, and that's why the word says, if you believe in Jesus, where we get this scripture verse, you and your whole household shall be saved right? You and your whole household shall be saved. Why? Because the covenant that goes back to the first redemption of the, of the crossover comes to everybody that was in your household shall be saved. If I'm in the house, right, everybody in my family gets to be saved now. My children have to come to Jesus because of the covenant. My helpmate has to bow their knee and come to Jesus, right? My grandparents, my future, my children, my household belongs to God because God says that anybody that is saved, and when I'm saved in my household, my whole household shall be saved. That means that my family is in a covenant under the blood of the Lamb. And that's why we can take the word of God and say, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. That's why I can say, why? Because I'm in covenant. I'm protected. Nothing out here can harm me. No disease, no pestilence shall come nigh my dwelling. Why? Because I'm in covenant. I'm under the house of the Lord, amen. Every spirit can come by, but it can't touch my family because I'm in covenant with God. And Psalms 91, which we know, it says, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall hide under the shadow of the Almighty, amen. I will save the Lord. He is my refuge. He is my fortress. My God, in him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with, with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and your buckler, do you see how the word of God ties together from the very beginning to today? How can I walk in a surety that I'm okay? Because God established it at the very beginning. The first redemption story of the blood. And then Jesus came and finished the deal, right? Signed, sealed, delivered it. And now I walk in the covenant with the blood of Jesus Christ in my life. I remember I was in, I don't know how much time I have because we're going to pray. 
I'll close with this story. You all get the short version, I'm sorry. But uh, I was in Romania, and I ministered at an event there for uh, pastors, leaders, and youth. And uh, the first night that I was there, I got very sick because we went to a pastor's tent, and there was a ton of hay that was on the floor, straw. And I'm so allergic to straw. And we're in the middle of nowhere in Romania, and I get so sick. My lungs are closed up. I keep using my inhaler. I'm finding no relief. And it's the middle of the night, and I am just like, God, I do not want to die in Romania. You know, you have to help me, God. And so I put my ear pods, iPods, whatever, in, whatever they were back in the day. And uh, I started listening to uh, Christian music, and I kept repeating. I walked in my room, and I kept saying this prayer. I want you to hear this. I kept walking and praying. It was a little, not a big room. And I kept praying, no disease or pestilence shall come nigh my dwelling. No disease or pestilence shall come nigh my dwelling. I've got the blood of Jesus. And all night long, I kept praying that until finally I had a miracle. My lungs opened up. I was truly touched by God. And I was there for seven days just ministering the gospel over Romania. Well, we're all packing up. There was like a kind of a dorm room kind of setting. We were all packing up our bags to leave. And we go out into our common area. And these other girls were like, oh, I'm so glad we're leaving. I'm so sick of those tiny little black bugs everywhere. And I'm like, and I'm listening to them talk about these tiny black bugs. I'm like, well, that's weird. I don't even know. I said, what are you guys talking about? Well, you know, all those thousands of little black bugs that are everywhere. I said, I don't know what you're talking about. They said, you don't have any black bugs in your room? And I said, no. She said, come here. She took me into her bathroom, and all her rooms were side by side. Every one of their rooms had black bugs in their showers, on their walls, all over the floor. I didn't have one black bug in my room. Not one. Now, I didn't know what I was praying. I was like, thank you, Jesus, I said that prayer because I did not want to live. But I'm telling you, the word of God works. Amen. Why? Because I'm in covenant with the blood of the lamb from the very beginning until he comes back again for his church. Amen. You have a blood covenant with the Father. Go ahead and stand to your feet this morning. I'm going to call the pastors and elder. We're going to spend just a couple minutes in prayer, and we're going to pray against the spirit of fear in the area that the enemy would like to attach the church and his people. Amen. We're going to stay just a little bit longer, and then we're going to close with a celebration song, and we're going to get you all out of here. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. It'll be on the screen what we're praying for, so you can come into agreement. Father God, we thank you that we are your children, that we have been called by you, and that you have given us a spirit of love that lives in us, and perfect love casts out all fear. Father God, we pray today over fear, Father God. Those who are in fear, those who are anxious, Father God, we thank you that your love casts that fear out of them, Father God. We thank you, Father God, that you did not give us the spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and a sound mind. And we stand in that love and that power, Father God. We cast down all thoughts that do not align with your word, Father God. We cancel the lies of the enemy that would bring fear on our hearts. And instead, we hold on to your promises, walking in love and in faith. We praise you, Father God, that you are the God of peace and that peace you give us at all times, in all things, in all ways, Father God. That you are the light and our salvation so that we should not be afraid. That you are our fortress, our protector from danger so that we should not fear. The prayers of a righteous man avail much and we seek you, Lord, as we pray and we ward off all those things that would come against us, Father God. We will not be afraid. We will stand firm on your word and we will see the deliverance of the Lord from the fear, anxiety. No disease or pestilence can come near us in Jesus' name. Hallelujah.
Thank you, Father, for the health and safety of all members and families of Faith Builders. We choose today to walk in health and in peace using wisdom, Father. According to your word in Psalm 91, no disease or pestilence will come near us. We are protected by the blood and the stripes of Jesus. If we touch any deadly thing, it will not harm us. We declare your word, Lord, on healing and protection over this church and our community. Your covenant surrounds us like a shield of protection with health, peace, and prosperity. We thank you that we have a strong bodies and immune systems, Father. Thank you, Jesus, that you paid the ultimate price for our health and our peace. We call on the name of Jesus today, the name that's above every name. We thank you, Jesus. Your promises are true, and all circumstances are liars in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It says in the book of Deuteronomy 7, 15, The Lord will keep you free from every disease. He will not inflict on you the horrible diseases you knew in Egypt. Father God, we just thank you. Lord, and by the power and the authority of your word through Jesus Christ, by the Holy Spirit, I say that the the coronavirus and any disease has to be rerouted back to where it comes from. That no weapon formed against this body or any body or any household will come to pass, Father. It will not prosper. Father, we just thank you for the power and the authority of the name of Jesus Christ. And we all agree in the name of Jesus. Amen. Father, we just thank you for every pastors and churches, Father God, across America. We thank you that you be over their houses. You be over the pastors, Father God. Protect them. No harm and danger shall come neither churches, Father God. Give the pastors wisdom. Holy Spirit, cover them. Cover their teams. Cover their staff, Father God. We thank you that the church will come back and arise stronger than ever, God. Your anointing will arise with a great revenge, Father God, with a vengeance and authority and power that God the church of Christ will not bow our knee to the world's way but God we will arise with authority and a strength like never before God speak to our pastors speak to the leaders speak to the prophets speak to the evangelists Father God speak to the apostles Lord God let there be a supernatural uprising that God you're going to turn what the enemy meant for evil and you're going to reroute it for good to the glory of God and for your kingdom purpose Father God we thank you for souls to be saved Saved. Father God, signs, wonders, and miracles to follow the house of the Lord, Father God. And this is the year of miracles, and we stand under that covenant in the name of Jesus. We need to also lift up the president and the team he has brought together yes. up in prayer. That God will give them the wisdom and the knowledge to develop a vaccine to cure their fires yes. that has Jesus. taken the world by storm. Yes. This is a this is National Prayer Day, and we need to come together as a nation and pray that our God will eliminate this curse once and for all. As individuals, as a church, and as a nation, we need to pray a hedge of protection around our families, around our leaders, this nation, and the world to bring this virus under control and eliminate this curse. I ask the Lord Jesus to bring this nation together again and eliminate the division that has ripped this country apart and allow God back into our lives. We need to get back to the Word of God that is the foundation of this great country. We have to open the doors. We have opened the doors of secularism, and that needs to be closed. 
and get the Bible back into our lives. Yes, Our Lord you. Jesus took those stripes on his back and died on the cross for this very thing. We need to give him the praise, honor, glory, and the power to overcome yes, this virus once and for all. Yes. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank Amen. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Father. We just thank you, Lord. As the nation comes together in agreement, Father God, we just thank you. Father God, I just pray for anybody, for those that have been affected through this coronavirus, Father God. Yes. I pray and decree declare healing in the name of Jesus. Yes. I just pray that you touch their body right now in the name of Jesus. Yes, healing, God. healing in the name of Jesus. Yes, Father God, I just pray for those that are watching online right now. Father God, that's been affected and, and feel bound, Father God, to where they're at. I just pray healing. Father God, set them free in the name of Jesus. We just give you glory and honor and praise, Father God, that you just heal them right now as we come in agreement, Father God, as one spirit, one body, Father God, one church and one yes, nation. Yes, we give you glory you, and honor and praise yes, in Father Jesus' God. name. Father, your kingdom is here, Lord. Your kingdom is now, Father. And Lord, it is your righteousness, Lord, that holds the covenant, Father, with your people, Lord. Father, we thank you for the Lamb, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Father. Lord, we pray for our doctors, Lord Jesus. We pray over our nurses, Lord Father. Lord, we pray for wisdom and knowledge, Lord. And safety, Lord, I pray as they fight, Lord Father, against this disease or any type of disease, Lord. Father, we pray, Lord, that they will and they are succeeding, Lord Father, in what they're anticipating, Lord Jesus. Yes, Jesus. From this platform forward, Lord, in the city of Phoenix, city of Glendale, Lord, every city in Arizona and across this nation, Lord. Father, we speak life. For you have given us, Lord Father, life in our tongue. Life in the bottom of our soul, Lord Jesus. Your kingdom reigns, Lord Father. Let this be a time for your soldiers, your warriors, your people, Lord, to arise. 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 Awaken. Awaken. And bring your kingdom here, Lord, as we speak. I pray, Father, for your people to have the understanding and the knowledge of your presence and your realm here in this household, Lord. As we work and we move forward, Lord, to tear down every principality of darkness. In the powerful name of Jesus, we pray. Father God, we come to you today and we pray for our elder population and for those who seem to be more susceptible to illness. Yes. We pray for the health yes. and well-being of their bodies and their minds. Father, let us see with your clarity what is truth based on your word. Yes. Father, help us to seek you daily and to be content in surrounding ourselves with your love and your wisdom. Help us to lay our concerns and our cares on your altar and not get caught up with worry or fear. Father, I know that your perfect will for each of us is to walk in the health that Jesus secured for us. You've already provided it for by your stripes we've already been healed lord you've made this provision the power is available to every one of your children so help us to tap into your power through meditating on your word to change how our perspective is so that it aligns with yours 
Father, I pray right now that the Holy Spirit would quicken on the inside of us whatever needs to be changed so that we can receive what you've already done and provided for. Your word says that all things that pertain to life and godliness are given to us through the knowledge of him in 2 Peter 1.3. Father, I ask right now that you will impart to us the knowledge we need right now to release and experience your healing power. We thank you for the protection extended to us as we rest and abide in your shadow. For you alone are our refuge, our place of safety. Your faithful promises are our armor and protection. In Jesus' name, I command fear to be gone, faith to come, and love to flow. We agree with you that we were healed, and if we were healed, then we are healed. Father, we thank you that you want us to be well and thrive, and we receive that in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We just thank you for the covenant of the blood of Jesus. I thank you this morning, Father God, that you are the great physician. You are our healer. Thank you, Jesus. You are our Lord. We thank you for the Lordship of Jesus Christ, the finished work that has already been accomplished. And I thank you, Father God, that we walk by not what we see, but we walk by faith in the promises of God. I pray right now over all the scientists, Father God, all those, Father God, who who are, are, are brilliant in their minds, Father God. I thank you that they'll see things, Father God, as they are, not as we tell them that they are, Father. I thank you, Father God, that innovation will begin to flow like never before, Lord God. I thank you that the scientists will even begin to see things, Father God, that are not yet seen, Father God. I thank you that it is not by our might or our power, but it's by the Spirit of the Lord. I thank you, Father God, that your Spirit comes with liberty, Father God, freedom from all that would so easily beset us, Father God. Guard the hearts and the minds of the leaders, Father God, that are out there, Father God, trying to navigate through what has happened, Father. And I thank you, Father God, that there will not be an overreaction, but there will be a response a needed response to come back to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. And I thank you that you are the author of health. You are the author of wellness. You are the author, Father God, and the finisher of our faith and the finished work of our faith. Thank you for that finished work. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your name that is greater than any named thing, Father. And I thank you, Father God, for that we as your church are strong. We are mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, Father God. We're not just coming against the coronavirus. We're coming against all forms of lack, all forms of disease, all forms of poverty. And we thank you, Father God, that he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. In Jesus' name I pray. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. We're going to go ahead and end our service in a worship song, and then you're free to be dismissed. We love you all. God bless you. Amen. And remember.